morning, Colorado. You're listening to The Daily Sun Up with the Colorado Sun. It's Friday, November 17th. Today, we're talking to Colorado Sun Health reporter John Ingold about his upcoming event about the open enrollment process for health insurance on December 6th. Before we begin, we'd like to thank our sponsor, the Colorado Department of Healthcare Policy and Financing. HCPF is raising awareness of the invaluable roles of direct care workers and the direct care workforce in Colorado. Direct care workers play a crucial role in enhancing the lives of individuals requiring assistance due to disability, age, or illness. Learn more about the impact of these workers and how to become one by visiting hcpf.colorado.gov slash direct-care-spotlight. Now, let's go back in time with some Colorado history. On this day in 1926, the Great Western Sugar Company opened a large sugar beet processing factory in Sedgwick County, marking the 22nd and final beet sugar factory in the state. This event symbolized the company's success and the importance of beet sugar to Colorado's economy. Founded by investors like John Campion and Charles Betcher, Great Western established factories across Colorado, Montana, Nebraska, and Wyoming, and contracted with thousands of beet growers. The workforce was diverse, including Germans, Japanese, Belgians, Hispanos, Native Americans, and Mexicans. By the mid-1920s, sugar beets were a major crop in Colorado, and actually surpassed the value of traditional mining. However, the industry declined by the 1970s due to federal trade policies and competition from other sweeteners. Most factories have since closed, with only the Fort Morgan factory remaining, serving as a reminder of the once-dominant economic force in Colorado. Before we continue, another quick message. On December 5th, First Bank and Colorado Gives Foundation are proud to present Colorado Gives Day, a one-day online fundraiser for local nonprofits. Since 2010, people just like you have raised $415 million, and over $53 million was donated last year alone. To elevate giving, First Bank and other sponsors have contributed more than $1 million to amplify every donation made, which makes Colorado Gives Day easily the best day to give. So let's start a wave of generosity. Donate at coloradogivesday.org. First Bank. Banking for good. Member FDIC. Next, our future story. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Daily Sunup podcast. I hope you guys had a great week and are looking forward to the weekend. My name is Christina Pritchett, and I'm the marketing and events specialist for the Colorado Sun. I'm so excited to be here with you all talking about an event we have coming up in a couple weeks. And with me, I have the Colorado Sun health reporter, John Ingold. Hi, John. How are you? I'm good, Christina. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for joining me. I think we have a great event coming up, and I think it'd be really important for our listeners to hear what we have coming up here in just a couple of weeks. And I appreciate you being here to give them a little sneak peek. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of really good information for people. So uh, hopefully folks tune in. Yes, I agree. So let's just dive into some details. You're going to be moderating an event all about health insurance and open enrollment on December 6th. So I was hoping we can start out just by talking about your speakers and who you have lined up, because I know this is something that's super tricky and confusing for people. And so I think that's one of the great reasons why you're hosting and leading this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So people might be uh, wondering, didn't you just do an open enrollment panel (laughs) just a a couple weeks ago? And we did, but we did one for Medicare open enrollment, which of course is 
for people who are eligible for the federal government's uh, health insurance program, primarily for folks who are 65 and older. So there's another open enrollment period happening right now, and that is for people who don't get help from their employer, they're under 65, and they're shopping for health insurance on their own, which is obviously a pretty daunting thing to do. These are folks who might be going to the state health exchange to buy coverage or might be going through a broker. And uh, we're putting together this panel to provide information for people who are trying to figure out what their options are. Uh, the the individual market, as it's known, can be kind of a, a treacherous place. We've seen some carriers, one in this past year that actually collapsed mid-year and folks had to find new insurance. There's also carriers sometimes who join the market and then bail after a couple years. So uh, what we're going to do with this panel is really try to help people understand what their options are and uh, how to navigate the tools to to find them. And to do that, we have three panelists lined up. We have Michael Conway, who is the Colorado Commissioner of Insurance. He heads the state's division of insurance. So he's kind of the chief regulator over uh, health insurance and especially the, the individual health insurance market here in Colorado. We have Kevin Patterson, who is the CEO of Connect for Health Colorado. That's the state's health insurance exchange. Basically, it's like Amazon, but for health insurance. Just go there, put in your details, and it'll spit out the plans that are available to you. And then we also have Megan Fearing, who is a health insurance broker, and she's also a representative locally of the, the Colorado chapter of an organization called NABIP, which is the National Association of Benefits and Insurance Professionals. It's kind of a national uh, broker trade group. Yeah, that's actually also a mouthful. So good on you yeah. for remembering that whole acronym. <laughs> yeah, they, they changed their name recently, but it, it wasn't any less complicated before. <laughs> yeah. And I know you've, um, we've worked together on this event last year and it showed that people had really um, great questions. And this is another opportunity for our readers and listeners to send in their questions, correct? Yeah, that, that's probably the best part of this is that if you are trying to navigate this and you have questions on how, how it works or maybe a, a question uh, more specific to your situation. We, we can't tell you which plan to buy. We can't, uh, we can't do that. But we can um, get you better information on your very specific situation. And so you can send in a question to questions at coloradosun.com. And I'll ask our panelists about it during the event. Yeah, our listeners and readers usually send really great questions. And I think that just kind of helps move the conversation in a really informative way. And I know that's part of why you wanted to bring this event back because there were so many questions. And unfortunately, we don't have hours to do these events because I know we always get more questions than we're a lot of time for. Um, but I think one thing that you do really well is go through all the questions ahead of time and make sure to get as many as possible. And if we need to do follow-ups, you have done that in the past. Yeah, well, and with help from you as well, helping to to organize the questions and, and get them to me. So I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, one of the things that I think is is really interesting about the questions we receive is that sometimes it'll put something on my radar for reporting on on potential stories that there's issues going on that I didn't know about, and sometimes even more importantly, it may put something on these officials' their radars. 
so that they say, oh, we're actually having some consumer issues with these things. We need to look into this. We need to get this figured out. So it, it, it ends up being a really good way to, uh, I think, make the whole system work a little bit better in addition to get people the information they're looking for. Yeah, for sure. I think part of, um, you know, covering and being so engaged with our readers, it's great that they're able to maybe lead you, like you said, to something that you had no idea was even happening. So I love that our readers and listeners do engage so much with whether they're reading stories or attending our events. So I think that's just another benefit to having stuff like this. Absolutely. And so I know you touched a little bit on like some of the tools that people can learn about. Are there other specific topics that you think you'll jump into with the event that people can expect to maybe sending questions about or um, just anticipate what they can hear about? So there's been a lot of change in this area in terms of uh, policies at the state level, policies at the federal level. And so I I think it's always good uh, each year for folks to hear about what's changed, what's different. Uh, For instance, we have some insurers who won't be in the market this year that have been in previous years, as I mentioned before. We also have a new insurance company that's going to be in the market, and we're going to have uh, a new insurance company that's expanding its footprint in Colorado. Or it's not new, but it, it, it's been in Colorado for a while, but it's expanding now to offer coverage in different areas. So for people who might be seeing new options available to them, that's always uh, a good thing to learn about. There's also, when you start talking about the individual market, this is where people who qualify based on their income level can receive subsidies to help them uh, primarily to pay their premiums, sort of those upfront costs of insurance. Uh, sometimes you can also receive subsidies to help you pay, if you're if you're especially low income, to help you pay your deductibles and your out-of-pocket expenses. So sort of those back-end costs of actually using your insurance. And uh, those end up changing based on uh, federal policy, based on some things happening at the state level. So it's always good to check in there. Uh, We're also in now the second year of uh, experiments with the Colorado Option Plan, which is um, sort of Colorado's version of of what you might call a public health insurance option. It's something that's designed by the state, these sort of benefits and plan structures that are designed by the state, designed by by regulators, and then sold uh, through uh, the private insurance company. So they're required to sell it as, as one of their products. And so I, I think we'll probably have a really good discussion about whether a Colorado option plan is right for people and whether it's not. And then lastly, you know, this is something I know that I struggle with all the time when I'm picking health insurance just for myself or my family is trying to figure out, well, how do I choose between these different metal tiers? How do I choose between bronze, silver, gold? It's often really appealing just to go for the bronze plan because it has the cheapest premium and you're sort of crossing your fingers and hoping that you're buying insurance but not really having to use it. And so you want to uh, just get the cheapest plan you can. But that, you know, is kind of a gamble and doesn't always end up working out. And so our panelists, I think, are going to have some really good tips on how people can can get more of a, a clear-eyed estimate of what their healthcare costs are likely to be in the coming year. And then that'll help you be able to do the math to figure out, okay, which plan is actually most affordable for me? Should I buy the plan that has the lowest cost premium and then just expect that I'm going to have to pay out of pocket for a lot of healthcare until I hit my deductible? Or does it make sense to buy something that has a higher premium, but a lower deductible and insurance will start kicking in to help uh, sooner? 
Yeah, I think that is super important and I'm really excited to hear about that because I think that is really the, one of the hardest things to decide. And unfortunately, that's not something that we learned about in school or even had to think about just, you know, because our parents always had to, they just picked it and you just knew if you could go to the doctor or not. And so I think that's really great that they're going to talk about that specifically. So I'm glad that's on the list of topics. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thinking like an actuary is is not easy, including for actuaries. It's hard work. For sure. And if I I learned things from your last event with Medicare, so I know I'll definitely learn things at this one. I think one thing that has come up with readers or just people asking questions ahead of time, can you quickly just explain the different uh, deadlines? Because I think since we just did our Medicare event, people are confusing the timelines of when open enrollment closes? Yeah, that's a great question. So the Medicare open enrollment, again, for people who receive Medicare, uh, generally those are folks who are over 65 years of age. Um, That open enrollment period ends December 7th. So it ends the day after this event. But again, this event is not about Medicare. It's about the individual market. That open enrollment runs all the way through January 15th. But if you need health insurance that starts on January 1, you're in an individual market plan right now, uh, your current coverage expires uh, at midnight on December 31st, and you need a new plan that kicks in on January 1, 2024, your deadline is December 15th. Thank you for explaining that. I think that is a good note for people just to remember. And I think that this will definitely be super helpful for those people who are in the market for health insurance. So thank you so much for joining me, John. I really appreciate it. And thank you for giving our listeners some behind the scenes and sneak peeks for our event. Yeah, of course. Christina, thanks for helping to organize this event and for giving me a chance to talk about it. Of course. Thank you. And just again, for our listeners, this event is December 6th at 6 p.m. It is virtual. It's free. So please join and uh, sign up today. We'll get links out. If you can't make it, we'll send the recording on December 7th. This is our last event for 2023, but we have really exciting events coming up in early January. So make sure you check the box to receive our free event emails when you sign up for this event. And we hope to see you there on December 6th. So thank you again and have a great and wonderful weekend. Take care, everybody. You can read more at coloradosun.com. Finally, here are a few stories that you should know about today. The former Clear Creek County Sheriff's Sergeant who authorized the removal of Christian Glass from his vehicle, leading to Glass's shooting death by authorities, has pleaded guilty to two misdemeanors. Kyle Gould agreed Thursday to serve two years of unsupervised probation and pay a $1,000 fine. He also is barred from working in law enforcement or security. In exchange for his guilty plea, prosecutors dismissed a charge of criminally negligent homicide, a felony. The former deputy who shot Glass, Andrew Buin, has pleaded not guilty to second-degree murder and other counts and is due to return to court December 18th. A Western Slope coalition is making a $100 million offer to buy the water rights of a small hydropower plant with a big role in how water moves across Colorado. If the group succeeds, farmers, water providers, anglers, and rafters all stand to benefit. The Shoshone Power Plant, owned by Excel Energy, has one of the oldest and largest water rights on the Colorado River. The coalition, led by the Colorado River Water Conservation District, wants to buy the water rights and lease them back to Excel. 
The group says the deal would keep water available for Western Slope water users. Two of Colorado's community mental health centers will merge in July, creating the largest behavioral health center in the state. WellPower, which provides mental health services and homeless outreach in Denver, is combining with Jefferson Center, the safety net mental health organization for Jefferson, Clear Creek, and Gilpin counties. Together, the two have almost 2,000 employees and serve about 48,000 people per year. The centers have mobile medication-assisted treatment for patients addicted to opioids, walk-in crisis centers, and outreach programs that send mental health professionals out with RTD workers, law enforcement, and park rangers. For more information on all of these stories, visit our website, coloradosun.com. And don't forget to tune in again next time. Before we go, we encourage you to check out a new podcast from our friends at KUNC called The Colorado Dream. Here's a sneak peek. The new season of The Colorado Dream explores the Black immigrant experience in Aurora. It's told through the eyes of one African woman. I would sit on the beach and just daydream about coming to America. And the city of Aurora that's working to become an inclusive home for all. In the last 20 years, uh, we have a new face of the city. I'm Stephanie Daniel. Join me for the Colorado Dream Newcomers Welcome. You can find the series at KUNC.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Now a quick message from our editor. I'm Larry Rickman, editor and co-founder of The Colorado Sun. The Sun is a public benefit corporation, and we rely on the support of listeners and readers like you to produce the nonpartisan, in-depth news that Colorado needs and deserves. Please consider becoming a Sun member for just $5 a month. Learn more at coloradosun.com. Thanks.